Thank you for joining me. This is I Can Complain About That. I'm your host, Blatz, and today I'm complaining a little about J.R.R. Tolkien. People who know me know I love Tolkien, and for my part, I think I've read the appropriate amount. I've read the books, I know a few of the extended stories, and that's it. But like so many fans, I've been watching the development of the new Amazon series with great interest. Okay, some interest. Okay, look, I know they're going to mess it up, but I love train wrecks, okay? So when Amazon released their promotional images for the upcoming show, the internet went a tizzy discussing any and all flaws. The reception, as to be accepted by images like this, was about as mixed as they come, and spanned from unbridled excitement to racial discrimination. For my part, I see a picture of Elrond, and I can't help but remember that Hugo Weaving was cast in Lord of the Rings instead of David Bowie. Can you imagine? Elf like David Bowie, instead of sharp angle Agent Smith, it would have been magical, and we might even have gotten a song and dance number out of it. Well, road not traveled, I suppose. But that one's on PJ's conscience so I can only fault the images for reminding me. And oh boy, fault I shall. Which is as good as a lead-in as I feel like for today's topic. Media adaptations are not a new phenomena. While any popular story is primed for an adaptation, the film industry has been fishing these waters for decades. And why wouldn't they be? Packaged up IP, sometimes with an existing fan base, has to be a very appealing investment. And in fact, Amazon is betting on rings of power to the tune of $1 billion, so it's their priority, telling the best story they can or making back that money. Michael Eisner would tell us it's the latter. We have no obligation to make art. We have no obligation to make history. We have no obligation to make a statement. But to make money, it is often important to make history, art, a statement, or all three. To my knowledge, Michael Eisner has never worked for Amazon and doesn't work there now. But I assure you that mindset didn't just stay at Disney. Because if you think Jeff Bezos is the kind of guy to make a statement or art over making money, we must have been watching the development of two different companies. So let's take a look at that disappointment we all feel when one of our favorite things gets snapped up by a media conglomerate. Complaining about stuff that bugs us is as natural as breathing. Personally, I think there's something very cathartic and human about sharing a specific displeasure. Would it be nice if the dwarf women had beards? Yeah, that would have been a nice touch and good attention to detail. But do you have any idea how many times I'd have had to explain to my mom that all dwarves have beards? And you can already hear the chuds yelling about a trans agenda. Weirdo chuds are already screaming about the gall of casting black actors in this, the year 2022. Personally, I wouldn't grant a heckler's veto, especially for something as important as rights and representation, and especially for something that's actually in the books. But like you know that a company isn't going to do that, especially since they're going to want to sell this to some places that aren't great for trans rights, like Saudi Arabia, Poland, the United Kingdom. What's real dumb, though, are all the people who complain that seeing this or that or not seeing this or that is taking them out of the story. Oh, a black actor playing the role of a make-believe thing and that's what takes you out of the story? Because the thing that made me realize this wasn't real was that photons were being shot out of a box into my eyeballs while the sounds of a full orchestra are being created from a speaker smaller than a water bottle. 
So if you can't effectively suspend your disbelief long enough to ignore casting and costume decisions, then maybe this is already too complex a narrative for you. The absolutely cynical I can be is that adaptations necessitate changes to story structure. Different forms of media have different pacing and develop ideas differently for an audience. In the movie Fight Club, the twist is developed differently, and the clues left for the viewer utilize visuals and audio tools that the book is incapable of using. Even when an adaptation is a passion project, different interpretations of art should be expected, and what's important to a director might not be what's important to you. One approach isn't necessarily better, but since pictures are a thousand words, they can put a 300-page story on the screen in under two hours. So critical and creative decisions are made while retelling the story. As neatly as those answers appear, they don't tell the whole story. And to tell that, we have to be a little more cynical. Kurt Vonnegut theorized that there were only eight types of story. Plotting happiness over time, every story falls into one of these basic structures. Common ones, like Man in a Hole, where the main character gets into trouble, back out again, and is better off than they were before, or Boy Meets Girl, which isn't necessarily about romance, but follows the tale of someone gaining, losing, and then regaining something important to their life and happiness. It may seem overly reductive, but it highlights the importance of window dressings, so to speak. We can even see this formulaic behavior in real time. Clive Cussler has written over 80 books, and of those, only two have been made into rather forgettable films. Meanwhile, the Marvel films have been famous for this. An unlikely hero receives powers, learns, and then struggles with the responsibility of having those powers, fights an enemy with similar powers, resolves the responsibility problem, and lives happily shortly after. So when something gets picked to be adapted, it's already been battle-tested. It's a symbol of success. And for corporations, it's an audience and an established reputation. And I'm just not enough of an optimist to think that the media conglomerates just want to share a neat story with me. Amazon spent $250 million just to open the books, let alone the cost to create the series. We're in the midst of a content war right now, and it's likely to shape the future of these streaming services. So at $1 billion, Every decision is going to be scrutinized and distilled for profitability, market penetration, possible licensing deals, viral media moments, and so on, and so on, and so on. And as one more spot of corporate apologia, can you blame them? Not getting a hit here could cost them the next decade in the streaming media market. Would you want that failure on your resume? Look what happened to the Game of Thrones guys. They missed the landing, and now they're radioactive. So yeah. Amazon is going to committee design this to death. In hindsight, maybe capitalism ruins things that you love might not be the freshest take. But maybe I just want to offer some cope. Because I don't think that this is ever going to get any better. I fully expect to see almost every aspect of my childhood packaged up, resold to me, and then repackaged and resold in an ever, ever downward spiral of inauthenticity and meaning. So if you'll excuse me, I'll be switching to video games. Nothing controversial or childhood killing there. If you made it this far, thank you so much. Please like and subscribe, and follow me on Twitter in my never-ending quest to complain about that.